Welcome back to the Unboxable Podcast. I have with me today a dear friend and co-conspirator, Jess. So Jess, I would love to know from you, please, who are you? Give me your full name. Where are you? And what do you love to do? Hello, Elena. Thank you for having me on. So my name is Jess Soto Ramirez, and I live in Sydney, Australia. I was actually born in Colombia in South America. Um, and what was the third part of that question? What do what I love to do? do? You love to do. That's right. Dancing. I love dancing. I love, um, I love having fun. I love pushing myself and doing a bit of, you know, kind of adrenaline activities just to kind of put me on the edge a bit. Um, but I love just being with my family. Um, I love working with women in business. There's lots of things I love. Mm, nice answer. So tell me about your work. Tell me a little bit more about what you do with women in business. Sure. So I'm a business empowerment coach and I work with women, um, probably more likely in the early stages of business where, you know, we start to get to that point where we start questioning, hang on, what am I doing? Is this actually working? I'm doubting myself. I'm so scared to do this. Why did I even start this? You know, all those stages that we go through where we really start to question things and it's that, that, it's that critical point where you decide, do I keep going or am I just going to shut shop and give up on this dream of mine? And I love just seeing women make those dreams their reality. So that point where they're at is that, that space where we do some one-on-one work. I've also run ad group programs in the past as well. And it's just really supporting the woman, the woman to nurture herself, um, to really build herself up and her strength to then move on to that next stage in the business. Because as you would know, when we work on ourselves and we also can work on our businesses and when, it, when we grow, our businesses grow, um, and it's, yeah, I just think there's a lot of discovery to be done during that time. You know what? I have that feeling fairly regularly. I would say that you definitely, it's not only isolated to when you start your business that you may have those thoughts come up, but I love that you've picked a specialty with it and that that's where you are focusing. And my next question really is why did you choose this as your work? What is your story? Why is it that you know all about this? All right. So, you know, it's funny because I never, ever in my life wanted to be a business owner. Like that was, my husband used to say to me, babe, let's start a business. I was like, you're crazy. Like that's the the last thing I want to do. I want to go to work, clock on, clock off, and that's it. I'm done. (laughs) Um, But I obviously didn't, I obviously wasn't kind of tuning into what was going on deeper inside of me. But the reason why I do it and then why it's coming with women in business is, so I grew up um, with a single mom for the most part, um, one of four, and she was just like an incredible powerhouse. Now, she might not agree with you. She might think differently of herself because obviously when you're in the midst of a struggle, you don't feel brave and strong and courageous and whatnot. But being the kid on the outside, Um, as much as there was challenges, there was always this admiration for my mom that she just kept going, you know, like we came here when I was one and my mom and dad separated while, um, while we were here and my mom came here with no family, zero whatsoever, just her, her husband and her two kids at the time. And 
then she decided to stay and he went back. And I always had the question to her of like, why would you stay in a country where you are on your own, when you have no family, now you don't know the language well, like, why would you stay here? And the answer's always been the same of like, well, I knew that this is where the future was for my kids. Um, and I just thought that was so powerful and really like lots of things came up after that, lots of struggles, you know, I went to five different primary schools, um, things were turbulent. Um, we lived in refuges, we lived in department of housing and all of that. And so watching her manage her life through those stages was really empowering to me that I started to notice, maybe not at the time, but as I got older, of like, fuck, sorry, excuse me. I don't know if I can swear here. Yes, you can. You know me. (laughs) It was like, fuck, how does she do it? You know, and I've always drawn so much strength from her. So then tying it back into the business side, when I had my first son, well, when I had my son, so my second child, I really started questioning things of like, how is this going to work for me? And what do I want to be creating in my life? And then I started thinking about business and that's when I came up with my first business, but it really uh, was a turning point for me of like, how do I create life the way I want to live it rather than just accepting what's been thrown at me my whole life. And that moment that you're describing, that Mm -hmm. moment of empowerment is one word to say, but also intentionality self-determination, like that moment when you realize it's up to you Mm. to create a life that works for you yeah, and that nobody else can dictate that and that no job will ever fit that in the same way as the job you can create for yourself. It's both a very liberating moment in my understanding and it's also a very intimidating moment because you are at, at that point in time, to borrow from a metaphor we heard earlier this morning in our circle is it's like you're letting go of a trapeze but you Mm. don't know when the other trapeze person is coming in to grab you it's like Mm. you're free falling through the air because you've gone okay well that's not for me but I don't know what is yet Mm. and that moment like that there was a, a meditation I did yesterday with an incredible woman called Tara Brock and she was calling it the alive space and and I love that. It's the or the fertile void is another mm. word for it. And and I feel like there's so much promise and also that uncertainty can mm. be terrifying, right? Absolutely. And it's like you either paralyze or you mobilize. Mm. You know, paralyze or mobilize. Oh, I just thought of that. How cool is that? Yeah, but I like, love it. I, just, yeah, oh, I love I wanted to offer you a self-compassion playbook that I'm putting together at the moment over at elenaturley.com. I'm working on some ways to help women and mothers find better processes for managing thoughts, emotions, and beliefs differently and emerging through the seasons of womanhood, re-empowered and re-energized so that you can go do the big things in the world that you want to do and find that big purpose and live it out. So instead of being completely exhausted and always putting off the thing that fulfills you, I work with women to really get them back on track and find connection with other women doing the same thing. Have a number of services and a number of free resources at elenaturley.com, A-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-L-E-Y. Sometimes we just come up with things, right? So, So it's those moments that I feel we are at once 
most greatly empowered to make change and also most likely not to because and it's too terrifying, you know. Absolutely. Keep going. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's such a like, it's such a pivoting point and that mm-hmm. pivot could go anyway. Mm-hmm. You could go and at, sit at that space and go, Oh no, that's way too terrifying. That's scary as shit. I'm just going to sit here because I know if I just sit here, then I'm just going to like, it's that space of, um, certainty that, you know, if you just keep doing the same thing, you keep getting the same results, right? Yeah, that's right. Do I sit there or do I actually make a point of taking that first step to go, actually, I'm going to step on a different path. And I feel like throughout life, we have so many of those moments that start to build that up. Mm. It's not all like, it's not even that one moment. There's so much before that. And the reason I say that is because when I was in high school, I remember being in year 11 thinking, that's it. Like I've had enough of high school. I'm just throwing in the towel. This is all too hard. And my mum was always really understanding. So she was never the one to say, no, come on, you need to finish. Cool. But she was the one to say, well, if that's what you feel, you know? And it was like, as much as there was part of me that felt like I needed someone to go, just kick me up the ass and tell me I have to do it. But it was that moment where I kind of realized no one in my family had finished high school. Yeah, and right. at that point, I was like, either I become one of the people that don't finish high school, which I'm not saying that there's anything yeah. bad with that, right? But no, for me in my life and what I wanted, I was like, that's one of my goals was to finish high school because I wanted to create change. You know, that whole lineage talk and that whole idea of like shifting things, not just for myself, but for the generations to come. Intergenerational change, yes. Exactly. Like it was really strong from you know well from when I was in high school it started back then and um and so it was those moments where you go do I just not you know continue school or do I keep going and in the end I finished I ended up finishing high school but I think it was moments like that that when I did come to real pivoting points in my life it was like again you're faced with that decision are you gonna go and you know launch yourself out there or are you just gonna sit in your safe space and I feel like there's two parts to that moment too. Like what, how you get through that is really dependent upon two things. Do you trust yourself and your own mm-hmm. intuition? Yeah. Are you tuned in, which I know you're big on? Are you tuned yeah. the signals and the messages that your body is giving you? And can you differentiate yourself from your thoughts and your fearful thoughts? Yeah. But also your mentors and your support system and who you have around yeah. you, both of which you've just touched on there, yeah. that you knew you had a path that involved finishing school. And that your mother encouraged you to do what you knew was right for you, whatever that was. Yeah. So those two components, I think they're so big. And with every moment in my life that has been pivotable, pivotal, <laughs> pivotable, that <laughs> a pivotable moment, then I think you also, there's often those two components. There's often a moment where you need to take a leap and rely on your own intuition, sometimes against advice yes. or against conventional wisdom. And then, and maybe it's not the safest choice, your ways, you know, and then you also have those moments where the people around you, particular people, usually key people will step in and give you a push. Mm. And that's either family members, partners, children, just people who love you. And um, sometimes it's a mentor, a business mentor, you know, we've both had that experience too, or a circle of business people. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think what you're saying about really tuning into yourself 
it's really hard to do at times. Like, let's be honest, right? It's it's really hard to tune into ourselves and tune into what we're really feeling because often we want to escape that. We want to escape those shitty feelings. We want to escape that uncertainty, those nerves, that that fear. Like, it's easier to run away from that, you know. Or dull times. it. Yeah, or dull it, you know. But to sit in that space is, oh, it's so awkward and gross. <laughs> but it's like, it's so necessary. And that whole intuition of that trust, like I remember going for my first business. So my first business was a kid's streetwear label. It took me ages to finally kick it off because of all my own struggles, right? Yeah. And then I was in there and then there was this like thing where I had this constant pull at my heart of like, there's something else, there's something else. And, and while this is great and you've loved this, I feel like this has just served its purpose and now yeah. you move on to something else. But it was almost like this physical feeling. It was like a physical tug at my heart. It's so hard to explain, right? But it was like something needs to change here. And I remember just thinking, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing, but I've always had this side of me that I've loved empowering other women and just being in that space and watching them just do shit the way that feels right for them and creating space and creating um, life for themselves. Mm. And I remember sitting down at my dinner table with my mom and it was one of those moments that I opened up to her and I said, mom, I just feel like so overwhelmed. I just feel like so much is going on. I feel like, you know, I don't know what to do. Like this is great, but it's not doing what I really want it to do. And there's something in me that's just telling me like there's something else for you. And she's like, Jess, and it was probably the best advice I've heard my whole life. She was like, Jess, you have too much going on to allow, like there is no space in your, right. your realm, in your brain, in your body to right. allow anything new to come to you. She's like, you need to stop and give yourself at least a couple of weeks to just stop give yourself spray, space and breathe and remove some of those things so that those things that you are feeling that, that, mm. you know, that, that gut intuition, that, that calling of something else so that that can actually land with you. Mm, there's so much we could explore in what you just said. And oh. there's the couple of things that are coming to mind is that you are what some would call a heart led or soul led entrepreneur, you know, like you mm. are someone who tunes in, mm. in order to make those choices. But esoterically as well, that, that there has to be a space for us to receive. If there is no space, we cannot receive. We don't have capacity. Yeah. And in order to receive, we have to actually sit in the uncomfortableness of that uncertainty. And I, and I do believe that a large part of any kind of growth or success, and this same applies for my black belt training mm. in the martial art that I do, that you have to build your acceptance or surrender or tolerance for the uncomfortable and the uncertain. Yeah. And this is something we talk about a lot in entrepreneurship mm. because essentially the successful entrepreneurs are those who can keep going regardless of, in inverted commas, failure, regardless yeah. of uncomfortable, uncertain choices that they have no idea whether they will work or not. In a way, it's very like being a scientist doing experiments mm. and being in a lab and the world mm. is your lab and you are constantly trying things out and you have no idea if they're going to work or not and often they don't and this idea that you that the most successful people have the most successes is really false in fact the most successful people have the most failures that stay at it anyway 
and are comfortable enough, like maybe not comfortable, but comfortable enough with that discomfort Mm. to keep going and have enough self-belief and have enough of a space between their limiting beliefs to keep going. It's not that the limiting beliefs are not there. It's not that the fear is not there. They are there, but there is enough space between them for them to try stuff out and to allow the void and to receive wisdom, receive experience receive whatever comes and make the most of those things, whatever it is that comes to them. And, you know, being able to grab stuff. Yeah, trust, even if the trust is not unfaltering. And I think that's the thing that I used to get more hung up on is, you know, if I'm not feeling this 100% trust, 100% all over body, yes, is that okay? Well, yeah, Hmm. that's okay. You know, you can't live in that space. Now, some, I know there are some coaches and we know some coaches who will say you have to exist in that space. Mm. And I maybe that's true and maybe I haven't discovered that yet. For me, it's actually a little bit more nuanced. For me, it's not about 100% anything. I can't exist in that 100% yes, full embodiment space all the time. Quite frankly, it's draining for me. Yeah, I have to have breaks from it. Yeah. So for me, it's about finding the spaces in which I feel that and then going for it. And even when you say those breaks, it is creating that space. Yeah. So for me, that's really important. In fact, the spaces and the voids are as important as the activity. And you and I have both been through an incredible program recently. And in that, I found myself going hell for leather, hell for leather, hell for leather, which was awesome, but kind of unsustainable. And that was a huge lesson for me personally. It wasn't about the program. It was about the way I was approaching it and the pressure I was putting on myself to participate in it. And what I realized is that I needed to take a break in order to integrate Mm. and I need to work out how to create those spaces. And that's kind of my goal for this year, actually, spaciousness, because I feel like that fertile void, that space is what I've been yearning for, you know, and not really allowing myself to have. Yeah, because we can get caught up in that grind and that do and the ticking off the to-do list because it makes us feel productive. And when yeah. we're sitting in this state of, well, I mean, I speak for myself and, you know, when we're sitting in this state of what feels like void or what feels like nothingness, that can be really uncomfortable when you're the type of person that likes to be the doer, yes, likes to be the creator, that likes to be the maker, that likes to feel all that, all that high energy. Yeah. So that's a challenge when you go back to the other side. Yes. But when you can see the value of that, you almost start to trust that process of just kind of going, okay, I've been through this before and I know how I came out of it. So I know that this time when I'm going through it again, like that spaciousness, this is okay. This is healthy. This is actually really productive. And also productive as it feels. Absolutely. And we live and we learn. And we also sometimes feel like the, the kind of way that we try to make sense of things, sometimes that will be just the mind doing what the mind does, which is to think and think and think. And, and it's another way of distracting us yes. from really that sitting in that discomfort, that uncomfortable void, you know. And yeah. so there's that constant dance, isn't it, that we're doing yeah. to come back to dancing something you love. Yeah. Then, you know, and Jess and I have had some killer dance moments can I just I say in the last oh year oh my god one of the highlights oh it's for sure for me too honey so like I think it's that thing of let can we find the joy in that dance mm-hmm. even when it's uncomfortable even mm-hmm. when it's confusing even when the mind just wants to get you straight out of there because that's what the mind does 
yeah. that protects you and defends you and looks after you. And, yeah. you know, how and do we differentiate? Like, how do we differentiate? Okay, what is our intuitive, wise move? And mm. what is the thing that our head is just telling us to do to get, get out of dodge? You know, yeah. and that, to me, that's the finest art. And Yeah. And it takes practice. Yeah. Time right. to really try to navigate that. And gentleness. Yeah. Ourselves. Like yeah. That compassion like, and kindness. Yeah. We can be so tough on ourselves and yes. therefore tough on those around us, therefore tough on our children, therefore mm-hmm. tough on our partners, tough on our existing current wins that we could be celebrating and grateful for, you know, and we can fall into comparison and not enoughness, you know. And, and this idea of expectations. Yes. You yes. know, expectations. I don't know. They're like a double-edged sword, you know, mm. because it, there, there's this level of, okay, well, this is what I expect or whatnot. But then when you, like you were saying, like we can get tough on ourselves and tough on those around us, or we have certain expectations of people, yes, or they might have certain expectations of us that aren't always going to be meant. Right. And then that creates that kind of space again, of like, it, you know, if you're not really in tune with yourself and really feeling back into hang on a second how where is this sitting with me it can get easy to get caught up on I have to be a certain way because that's what's expected of me Mm. rather than what am I doing for me to create Mm. my space in my life in a way that aligns and connects with me in an empowered way and that's right and I and I also feel like there's you know you can be forgiven for having all those pressures it's so in everything that we see in our culture in all of our conditioning as we grow. So I'm currently doing some training around domestic violence and it's been really interesting to understand. Watch an incredible video actually. And it just talked about a fantastic organization called ourwatch.org. And the video was about how the conditioning starts super early for men and women yeah. and the imbalance between men and women because almost always domestic and family violence is related to power. Yes. And it's about a power imbalance that kind mm-hmm. of sets the scene. And that power imbalance is so endemic, so intrinsic to our culture. Mm. It's so deeply ingrained in our conditioning from such an early age, in our popular culture, in our structures, in our gender inequalities at work and politically and in every area you can think of. And that is what plays out most yeah. often in yeah. a domestic or family violence situation. And yeah, so, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that conditioning is also there when we seek to expand or grow out of those inequalities or mm. beyond those inequalities into mm. something bigger for ourselves. We come up against a lot of that cultural conditioning. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you're just, you know, a human being who lives in a society and a culture that has taught you that. Exactly. Has taught you that you're supposed to stay small and not take big risks. And, mm. you know, you can be forgiven for having those thoughts. It's mm. not that there's something wrong with you. It's that we all have that conditioning. Exactly. And, and what we're talking about is finding enough of a space between those limiting beliefs and b- between those fears and between those pressures on us to have a crack, to yeah. take a risk. You know? And I often refer to it like for me, it's, you know, interesting you're talking about the you know, family violence and the the power struggle. So I grew up seeing, you know, family domestic violence and whatnot. And it is one of those things that kind of stays in your head and you work through it and whatnot. Everyone's got different experiences. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest things, and I think it does go back to this 
power imbalance or this power struggle is one of my big messages is about women taking back their power because we have just been sitting in this space as women in general, right? Where we've been told how we need to behave. We've been told what we need to say, how loudly we need to speak or how quietly we should be speaking. Yes. Um, you know, about what is okay for us to do and not to do. And the, what will people think factor? Clear, you know, yeah. because, you know, what if the neighbor down the road thinks I'm some arrogant bitch because I speak up about myself? I don't know. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's that whole struggle. Like even women, you know, there's a lot of those memes that go around about, um, you know, when a woman speaks up, she's a bitch. Mm. But when she doesn't speak up, then she's been walked all over. You know, it's like so rare, mm. like. That in itself is a power imbalance and it's yeah, a power yeah. struggle that has been placed on us too. in society. Exactly. Yes. In the language and the things we're taught, you know. Yes. And so for me, it's that thing of like, it's it, like, it's taking back your power. So like, where are you feeling disempowered? Where are you feeling like, I don't have control and it's not even a control thing, but it's where I don't have a say, where I'm not living authentically. Yeah. You don't have agency. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where, what are those things in your life where you're like, hang on a second, I'm taking this back, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to recreate this story and I'm going to cre- recreate this experience that I'm living mm-hmm. rather than it just being dished out to me and whatever gets thrown at me, that's what I accept. Yeah. yeah. It's turning that around and going, okay, where's my power here and what do I do with this? Where do I go with it? And there's this powerful misconception and like we, we, we could talk for hours about this, so we'll wrap mm. it up soon, but like. The, the powerful misconception that I often come across is that if we are taking our power back, that we are taking it from somebody yeah. or that that means that others are less empowered. No, there is enough power to go around for yeah. men and women. There yeah. is enough agency for everybody to have a say. And in fact, collaboration is so powerful. Yeah. When, when a group of people are all equally empowered, so much is available to us. There is so much potential in that. It's that kind of old leadership versus new leadership models, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. in the old leadership model, there's a person at the top and it's hierarchical. And the newer ideas around leadership are more about unilateral and mm-hmm. collaborative and bottom-up structures mm-hmm. instead of top-down, you know. And I love that that's happening. Now, we, we live in a top-down society, but at its best, our political systems are consultative. Mm. They are meant to be bottom up. You know, politicians are called representatives. They're supposed to represent our interests. And I think that sometimes we forget that that's actually what a democracy is supposed to be, you know. Mm. And equally in a micro level in our homes, sometimes we need to equalise or level out the playing field in our home. I know I've had to do that when old ideas have crept in around who's in control of what, you know, come on, show me the finances, get me involved in those choices, whatever it is, mm, because mm. they can creep up on us yes. you know, because they seem just normal. We just fall into these things. And there's so much opportunity for us, particularly as women, to, as you say, reclaim our positions of power, whether it be at home, at work, personally, professionally. Mm. As a parent, we have the power to change the way our family runs and exists and feels, you know, in, yeah. in my area, that's soulful parenting when we employ soulful parenting principles, you know, so 
there's so much we can do around that. And that's why I love having you here, Jess, to talk about all of this stuff. <laughs> can I just put something out there? Like, I think power gets a bad rap. Yeah, me right? too. Power, the word power can be used in such a negative way. Like, what? Oh. Like, I have the power. <laughs> Little pinky poking out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, um, I think that's doing us a disservice. Agreed. We have to change that because the definition of power is actually the ability to do something in a certain way. Like that's all it is. So it's that, that you're being able to say, I'm going to do this in this way. That's you taking back your power. It's not about you controlling people. It's not about you manipulating people. How power is often represented, right? Mm -hmm. So That's not power the, over, but power with. No, and it's power for yourself, you mm -hmm. know, where you, you know, and like you said, in different situations of your life, the one place where we can start is with ourselves. Yeah. You know, and it's making those there. choices for ourselves. So forget everything else. You can be trying to do, you know, put power into all these other scenarios, but if you haven't done it with yourself first to be able to take back your own power. If in your life and your choices, that's where it's going to start. As above, so below, as they say. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jess, you are a powerhouse who I completely adore. Can you tell me, please, and tell the listeners of this lovely podcast where they can find you and where they can get in touch with you and ask you questions about this conversation, please? Absolutely. So my favorite place to hang out is on the gram. So I'm over on Instagram at Jess Soto Ramirez. It's let me just spell it out because it is a tricky one. J-E-S-S-O-T-O-R-A-M-I-R-E-Z. Nice. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, you'll put it in the notes. But that's the best place to get in touch with me. Um, you know, jump into my DMs. Come and let me know that you've listened to this podcast. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on our conversation today because it's been a pretty deep one. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, and I love your gut, Selena. You know, it's Thanks, honey. so great being in your world and just um, being in your space because you are a powerhouse and I very much admire you. Thank you, darling. Same, same. And so the wonderful thing about Jess is she's actually moving into a space where she's actually able to offer one-to-one -one mentorship and coaching around what we've discussed. So if any of this is resonating with you, do get in touch with her or with me to find her and we'll hook you up. Absolutely. Uh, she's amazing. Okay, so thank you so much, Jess, for being on this podcast. I really you, appreciate you and I will see you soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. This podcast is produced independently and made just for you. So if you have enjoyed it, please do leave me a review. And you can put in the review a request for a topic or even a nomination for a particular guest if you would like me to interview someone in particular. Thank you so much for your support. If you really love it, uh, you can also share it and subscribe to it and follow it. See you soon.